Welcome to the Data Storytellers Podcast. Our guests are senior data practitioners at international businesses. The views that they share on the show are their personal ones and are not representative of their company's official positions. We hope that you will enjoy the show. Hello, data storytellers. So on the show, I have with me Sid Shah, the global head of data analytics and insight over at Condé Nast. Sid, welcome on the show. Hi, hi there. Um, uh, nice to be on the show. Lovely to, to meet you uh, and uh, looking forward to our conversation. Our pleasure. And uh, Sid, you've been around the block in the, in the data world for a while now, right? And yep. uh, with Condé Nast for just over five years. Uh, just to introduce yourself to the audience, and then we can get into the uh, uh, get into the meat uh, uh, on the bones in terms of the hardcore data topics. But first, just a quick introduction about uh, your role over at Condé Nast would be helpful, and we can take it from there. Yeah, my role at Condé Nast, and you're right, I've just over five years. Uh, my role at Condé Nast evolves around um, building data capabilities uh, for uh, the, the global business. Condé Nast, to those who don't know, is a media business, have uh, brands like Vogue, uh, GQ, Vanity Fair. Um, my role started in London when Condé Nast was uh, Condé Nast International, which was uh, everything outside US. Uh, the business merged in the last two years, and we are now global with US and the international business. So my role revolves and part of being part of the data org in helping build data capabilities to help uh, understand um, customer behavior, business performance, and uh, produce uh, and turn that data into insights uh, and and support decision makers in um, bringing operational efficiency or finding opportunities in, in uh, launching new products. We also create data products within the organization which are can be mo- are, are monetized um, internally and externally. So the, my role revolves around supporting the data org and, and driving the data initiatives forward. Mm-hmm. And how old, do you know how old this data function is at Condé Nast? Maybe a little bit of background about the data-driven uh, legacy of Condé Nast. Do you, do you know much about that? Yeah, so uh, it, it's a, it's a uh, I, I'll give you an answer in two parts. Um, so Condé Nast, when I started at the international business, uh, there was no data function there. So this was, I started, we started the data function at Condé Nast International, hit the HQ. Uh, the mandate there was uh, focus and support to our 11 countries, which we call markets uh, outside uh, in London and outside the European region. Uh, in parallel, US, which was a separate business, Condé Nast US, they already had their own data function and the data org uh, well matured. Uh, with the merger with the US business in the last two years, uh, we are now a, a global business and we're taking uh, all the capabilities that, uh, and, and the functions that we have in the U.S. and uh, in the international business into one global uh, data org that supports multiple markets and regions. So the answer is in two parts. Uh, the Condé Nast business also has an HQ and a market uh, element to it. Uh, we, I sit within the HQ function where the data org sits. Mm-hmm. And what kind of capabilities are you building out right now? Of course, we can go into some details and the challenges and all that. But just in terms of the landscape that you're looking at right now, what are the major capabilities that are on the table now and you're yeah. building actively? Sure. So it's it's a lot of things. And I'll, I'll just give you a high level overview. It starts from the basic data collection. So it, it, that involves uh, the digital analytics 
data uh, collection from uh, our web um, our web properties. It involves social media data where we have huge presence on. We are a, a, a digital focused business now. And there is also an offline data element as well, which could be customer data, subscription data, and, and so on. So it starts from the data collection. The other capability that we have is warehousing this data and making it available for stakeholders for um, exploiting analysis. We have capabilities in machine learning and AI to create algorithms that supports a business function around uh, recommendations, around um, customer analysis, around uh, predicting um, um, and supporting our advertising business as well. Advertising is a huge function of ours and, and we have uh, a range of advertisers, uh, advertising data. So uh, most of our data is used for supporting that function and, and the customer function as well. So um, an element of standard data or stuff, which is uh, BI reporting, um, analysis, recommendations, and so on. So it, it's a quite a huge piece. Um, I uh, am, am with luxury of uh, having uh, great uh, colleagues within the US and the, uh, our India offshore business to support and, and, and drive all these initiatives. Mm. And when you joined five years ago, so what was, what was your mission? First of all, what brought you into that role? So maybe if you could spend a few words on your background and uh, what attracted you to the data world and maybe some of the qualifications in that sense. And then what was your uh, commission, basically, when Condé Nast reached out to you? Maybe you re- reached out to them. And what were the tasks? Yeah, so uh, I'll start with what, what attracted me towards the, the data uh, or, or, or the data role, per se. Um, I have been in the data and technology world for some time now, doing various kinds of data and analytics, um, from digital analytics, data collection, warehousing, developing um, products, uh, digital products or data-related products. Uh, I was interested and, and uh, saw the opportunity at Condé Nast and um, the, the role attracted me. It's in two fronts. It's a, a well-known uh, business within uh, the, the media landscape and, and or the world uh, well-renowned brands. Uh, it was an opportunity to build something new for an existing business uh, and uh, drive uh, the, uh, the, the digital digitalization and, and, and uh, focus on interesting things around driving, uh, uh, creating a new revenue stream like customer um, revenue stream or, or supporting the digital advertising business. So the, what attracted me is an initiative and a, and a business where it wants to protect and support uh, to drive the legacy side of things, but it also wants to create and, and uh, innovate on new um, uh, business initiatives and where data will be playing a critical role, as we all know, in the digital front. So I saw this opportunity to build something new and create a strategy and a vision that will um, help and, uh, and, and so create a solid foundation where uh, the business can take, take things further from a data and a technology point of view. Mm-hmm. And what were the main milestones as your role evolved? And then, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, the business came together and now you have this group-wide role. What were the first milestones when you joined and what led to your current initiatives, really? Yeah, uh, so ma- main milestone is the standardization um, of um, technologies and on, on the data architecture and even um, from a, uh, KPIs and, and metrics point of view, um, dry- Focusing on on standardizing some of the things we have, we had uh, multiple versions of truth. We consolidated and create a single source of truth for on on lot of our data capabilities, right from 
um, strategic KPIs to um, how things are tagged and collected from a data uh, collection point of view as well. So uh, the main milestone was initially was to create that foundation and have that foundation where um, a global business have the same set of uh, measure of success. When we talk about when, when things went well, uh, it meant the same thing. Uh, and when we discuss challenges, we, we know what we are talking about. So that was a great um, uh, milestone um, uh, within the business, especially in the year, first year or two years or so. And then uh, that helped create a, a solid foundation to, to build on and, and do uh, interesting things. Uh, I know, especially in the world of machine learning and AI um, and, and so on, you can't go further until you have a good, solid uh, quality data in. And I think that was the, one of the biggest uh, things that we wanted to achieve before embarking the journey and doing something uh, exciting uh, with, with uh, the, the capability of cloud and, and machine learning. And so these foundational milestones, and we always come back to this, by the way, like e- even when you... Um, you know, play basketball, even the greatest players who can do the most flashy dunks. When you ask them about the secret to their success, they always say, I have, I have solid fundamentals. I always work on the fundamentals. So that's true in data too. When you were working on the, on those foundations, I imagine that there were challenges that uh, were more technological and technical in nature. And maybe there were some challenges already about aligning the organization, but you tell me, I don't want to lead the witness too much. So when you were going through laying the foundations, what were the biggest challenges for you? Yeah, I think in any industry and, and uh, in, in my case as well, the challenges are both technical and uh, people process um, or, or business related, if I could call that. Uh, so you, you need to tackle uh, as a data leader in, in both fronts. Um, there are certain things that you can achieve with the te- technical side of things and have the technical understanding on where exactly uh, it, it, the, the, the problems or, or blockers are. But it always starts with, what does success mean from, from a leadership point of view? What does, from a, a CEO and a board level, what does success mean for them? What, how do you, as a data leader, translate that into metrics and, and KPIs? And te- technology comes in second in terms of helping you build and achieve a, a standard set of view for across uh, those KPIs. So for me, the challenges were both. Um, uh, the challenges were also with um, 11 countries and, and multiple versions of the truth. Uh, that we had at that point of time, which we consolidated and created a single uh, version of truth in terms of metrics and KPIs. So um, I would say, yeah, those were the major challenges uh, that we have. And I I think that's pretty much uh, in any data role, uh, I would say if if it's a global in nature or even if it's a single market in nature uh, across any industry, this would be a a challenge uh, that that we have. Mm -hmm. And so with the technical role, with the technical challenges, um, I know that uh, that's kind of like a thing on its own. But when you were trying to coordinate a global business, and I imagine you had to reach out to a bunch of different people, um, what were the specific uh, uh, issues there or the bottlenecks? Like, how did, you, how did you manage to be that conductor and connecting the dots and making sure that everyone is looking in the same direction? Uh, can you maybe talk uh, about that a little bit? Because it's a very interesting case just in and of itself of a, of a, of a business really changing how it operates. And then data was a very important part of that change. And you were at the helm of that. So yeah. uh, can you talk a little bit more about uh, that experience of trying to organize people and reach out to them and maybe the more people and processes side of getting to that single source of truth? Yeah, I think the important bit here is to understand why things are done. I think that for any 
change um, in, in um, any aspect of the business. And, and that applies for data too. You need to understand the history of why certain things were done, um, the drivers uh, behind a, a, a certain uh, way of doing things or a certain approach of, uh, of uh, analytics or data. So for me, it was uh, around understanding how a business was set up in a market for a brand and working with the leadership team, both at a technical leadership level and business leadership level to understand the drivers and how does that translate into metrics and revenue for that particular business and brand and the region and aggregating all that knowledge um, and aligning that to what the business needs to focus on for the future is um, the, the strategy that we had in mind. What does that, uh, what makes sense from a KPI's point of view, from a uh, uh, from a business point of view, to align uh, the, these people? So we had to follow that. I uh, had to uh, to coordinate and, and work with the business leaders more to make sure that uh, I understand and whatever I recommend, uh, it does ensure that uh, every business element is taken care. Of some element of change is required, so you have to have those um, uh, critical um, negotiation, uh, persuasion, understanding type of skills uh, within th- that role to to take things forward to to make sure people are aligned to to certain things that you will be proposing. But it's also important that whatever you are proposing encompasses everything um, or uh, touches uh, the concerns or um, uh, the valid uh, questions that. Uh, each stakeholder that may have. So we had to go through all that process to come up with a recommendation that we call is a true level of success or a single source of truth. Mm-hmm. And was it you doing that, actually communicating with the senior leadership team? Or first of all, how, how big was your team uh, th- th- that you coordinated? Yeah, you require people. Uh, I would say it's not never a single person's job uh, in it. I had the luxury of having um, my uh, peers, my um, uh, uh, peers within uh, the, the data analytics world, peers within the the digital um, uh, uh, stakeholders that we have. We had product and, and marketing and other stakeholders that were new to the business as well. So you had the luxury of that. My team was uh, small at that point of time. I would say small in the sense of the of the number of people, but relevant for that particular role. It's around six people at that po- point of time that helped uh, me navigate through the operational uh, technical side of things. So it's always a collective effort for a business like this. It's never a single person's job to uh, accumulate all that data or, or information and produce something. So um, I, I think I was quite lucky to have a great team um, around me that uh, were experts in, in uh, certain elements of the data, as, as we mentioned, we uh, at the start that we have different types of uh, data. Some uh, is uh, requires a, a deep level of understanding from advertising data point of view. Some requires deep understanding of web analytics data. And I had uh, peers uh, within the team who understand and, and took that uh, challenge on as well. Mm. And when you went to the senior stakeholders and you try to get inside their head and really find out what they care about, uh, what kind of questions were you asking? Uh, I, th- I think it's the, f- the first thing is to, uh, to do the, before the question, I think uh, I'll take a step back. It's you, you, to, you need to do your homework. Well, I think you mm-hmm. need to understand what exactly is going on within that business. So I think before you even go to stakeholder, getting that groundwork ready from at least this is my personal view is uh, un- understanding what is going around the business, working with this, uh, the, the, the junior team members um, is quite important. So you to get the lay of the land, the questions that I normally um, focus on is um, 
uh, as simple as it sounds, what does success mean for, for this particular uh, business unit? How do you define success? How do you, um, how would you compensate your teams? Uh, what are the metrics and, and, uh, and, and reports that you look at on a daily basis? What keeps you awake and motivated? Things like that, that translate into the data world easily uh, and, and goes into the, the types of data that they look at, uh, that, that they worry about and care about. Um, and that easily leads into the conversation on what the, uh, the business is thinking about from a, a future point of view as well. So the, those are the things that I would, I would say it, it needs to be relevant for them. Um, you, you cannot um, uh, talk about technical bits to, to stakeholders like that. For us, we had clear uh, goals around audiences, um, uh, to, to, uh, around audience growth, around audience engagement. We had clear uh, goals around digital advertising. So that conversation e- easily leads to when you have good understanding of what we need to focus on as a business and what they will be caring about. That leads to that uh, great questions, which is relevant for them. Hmm. And you doing your homework and really spending time understanding what they care about and having meetings, investing time into this and attention and really making them feel heard and understood. Uh, How do you think that this impacted your relationship with those stakeholders? And also through that, how did it impact the perception of data within the entire business? I think it helped immensely uh, because uh, as starting a new role in, a, in an existing firm, uh, which had already processes and, and, and people in place, it helped immensely to a uh, help me um, navigate through uh, the, the, uh, the different structures better, but also uh, giving um, presenting myself better as well in front of the stakeholders because I was, they knew I was what I was talking about and help create uh, and, and tell that story better in terms of where we are leading to. So it helped immensely. It also helped immensely once the work is done. It's not a, a one project work uh, as such. This data and, and the work we do is an ongoing process. It helps in um, managing uh, and working, uh, collaborating with the different stakeholders at, at, at different levels and different projects as well for go from uh, that point onwards. So it helped immensely to, uh, to, to, to go through that uh, process and, and, and embark that journey initially, which um, translated into uh, more collaboration, more work and partnership, um, which uh, helped me in future create communities uh, within d- different markets to share knowledge. Um, so it won't be possible if you had done, not done all, all that work, or if you have treated that as a single piece of work or single piece of project that wouldn't have translated to all that. So yeah, I would say that all that helped immensely. Mm. You said a few um, interesting things there that I would like to touch on. Uh, one would be about storytelling, which uh, we can get to in a little bit, but you mentioned communities. So this is something that uh, keeps coming back, that if you, if you manage to find a way to create powerful, coherent communities within the business, the return on investment on that is just huge. It just keeps paying dividends. Now, doing that is not the easiest thing. So it's, it's not a technical effort, right? So you need to no. engage people and coordinate them. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about that? So how did you have the vision to create these communities and how did you go about organizing them? Yeah. So the vision was naturally there as part of this role, uh, sitting in the HQ and working with multiple brands and markets. Um, it's not possible for anyone in the HQ to have accumulate all the knowledge that is there, even with all the reports. So you need that 
um, uh, human understanding and a local expertise on why certain things happened uh, and the drivers behind that and the change. So the vision was always there uh, to have some sort of a, um, uh, a, a forum to, to discuss and understand more. Um, it, it happened with uh, creating um, um, and working closely with these different uh, individuals and stakeholders in, in this market where, uh, to a, understand what their challenges are and what their pro- problems are and what they were trying to solve in, in various uh, aspects of the business. When I talked through all that, I saw so many similarities between brands and markets that they were talking about the same challenges uh, and, and even sometimes the same success stories. I think it, it also inspired me to create something where they can start sharing knowledge uh, with, with each other um, and, and me be, uh, and my team being the, uh, a platform to facilitate that. So that um, helped um, all those cre- helped me cre- create a community which um, led to people talking about their success and challenges. And I would remind that we all were talking about the same success metrics because that's, that was also important. You cannot go and have a community where everyone is talking different languages. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had diff- people different talking different languages, but it's also from a data and metrics point of view, talking about things that make sense. So that helped um, uh, and, and create that uh, community where uh, people started sharing more. Um, you had to build a trust. Um, I think that is the factor that is quite critical in uh, a community building. Uh, you need to um, give uh, um, some information as well. So from a, our side of things, we were talking about what we, what we see from a central point of view, what does the global trends look like, what are the drivers and so on. So you have to give and then expect uh, people to, to, to talk um, at the same time as well. So that requires a lot of trust, collaboration, uh, uh, planning, uh, which leads to a, a community a discussion or, or, or in our case, a call uh, on, on, a, on a monthly basis to talk about certain topics um, and let people lead on, on, on and share their success stories or challenges, which turned out to be where people can start collaborating uh, with each other and, and, and taking um, um, that opportunity to work together towards a, a common goal. So uh, outside community building is hard work and it's sometimes outside the, the, the data and analytics remit. If you talk about data and analytics, you talk a lot about collection, reporting, analysis, uh, this uh, involves a lot of other pieces which touches project management and mm-hmm. and, and um, other aspects of of our of our business life which probably not uh, many uh, have, uh, have been exposed to and I was lucky enough to be exposed to and I was something I was quite passionate about as well because while uh, this day-to-day serves a purpose this also served a purpose for me is you you're talking to people you're understanding their pains and challenges so so that helped me create a better uh, narrative and, and and vision for my work as well. Hmm, it's really interesting to me so uh, tell me if I'm wrong but what I'm getting is that basically your focus was on understanding these stakeholders as much as you can in order to be able to provide value to the business. And then the best way to do that just happened to be actually creating communities. And then the, the, uh, the product, the side effect of actually working with these communities was, uh, and again, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but was an increased level of data literacy and understanding data, data-driven culture, maybe. I know that these 
uh, phrases are being thrown around, but yeah. I think it might apply here. And maybe even, and I would have a question about maybe data governance, even where people uh, not just understand data and now they are, they are looking for ways to work with data, but they do have the know-how and the tools that they can actually use to do that. So would you say that uh, uh, this is accurate, that this was the process? How intentional were you about creating data literacy, data-driven culture and implementing data governance? Yeah, I, I, I was, uh, we, uh, or I would say, I and, and my team, and we, we were conscious on, on, on those things that uh, data literacy uh, specifically um, and data-driven culture was on top of our um, mind always um, around uh, when we're creating communities. Community is one of the elements, and I think that has resulted in two, um, quite a few positive outcomes um, based on that. But there's also other elements of, of, our, uh, of the work and, and, uh, and the output that the team and, and, uh, and myself did. So uh, I would say, yes, uh, it, it resulted into a more data-driven culture. Uh, the literacy work was uh, quite high. Um, and it also, uh, for us, is, is uh, making sure that it's at the same level uh, for every piece um, uh, or, or across all brands and markets as well. Because uh, data literacy for us was uh, challenging bit because we had diff- varying levels of data literacy. So to bring people on the same level was was one of the challenging bits, and also the the, the geography element, especially someone from um, uh, Japan has the same level of understanding of what audience uh, and the data means uh, compared to uh, Mexico. I think that was quite important as well to bring everyone to the the same level. Uh, and sometimes the roles are also not same. They might someone from come from a marketing data background, some might come from a pure play data um, engineering background. So that was quite important for us. Governance, as you rightly touched upon, was uh, also uh, part and parcel of this data governance uh, from uh, for us is important and ma- ma- make sure that uh, people understand uh, how uh, data is treated within the process uh, of an analysis or um, uh, even data sharing point, uh, point of view is quite important. So, uh, yep. Community helped a lot uh, in, in doing all, all these things, but uh, it's also all the other processes uh, that, that went along within the teams. Hmm. So it sounds like there was a lot of educational effort going into this, bringing people on the same level. Now, I would imagine that this has a lot of different elements. First of all, maybe creating the right standards and then actually uh, expanding people's knowledge and understanding. What do you think are some of the key aspects of good and effective educational effort when it comes to data, because these people naturally don't live and breathe data while you guys have this very in-depth understanding with all the technical jargon involved, right? So, so yeah. what do you think are the key elements of a successful translation process? Yeah, I think the, the key element here is you have to take it down to the business. Um, and I think you first need to have a good clarity on what is uh, the business um, uh, what, what is success for the business and, and what are the goals for the business? Um, once we have uh, that and, and what, what how it translates into metrics. So you need to buy, buy in and alignment with the leadership first because you cannot as a data team start talking about KPIs and metrics which are misaligned with um, the senior leadership. So the first step was, and, and in, in my case, I was uh, had a great opportunity to work with the board members at from a, um, a day one to align on w- what we are talking about from a uh, from a business goals point of view and and, and data um, metrics and reports and and, and that so on so that is uh, I, I would say is the first step of it to making sure that that is aligned once you have that in place then uh, translating that into way, uh, 
areas or, or of uh, of data that are relevant for that particular business unit is something that uh, is important so there's something at a high level you can talk about how uh, things are performing what are the drivers for of, of a certain performance um, and then relating it back to for a, a, a business unit for us it could be editorial it could be product and or, or marketing um relating and converting um, uh, the business goals and metrics into things uh, and data and reports and, and actions and insights that are relevant for that particular business unit is quite important. So when we, when they look at data, they, they, they know what we are talking about and how it doesn't matter to, to that particular business unit and what are the key actions for, for them is quite important. So going through that process um, uh, and, um, and and communicating a story um, around uh, that uh, and making it relevant for those business stakeholders is something that I've uh, managed to do. Mm. So you mentioned story now uh, multiple times, and you know our name is the data storyteller. So maybe <laughs> we can spend a little bit a uh, uh, little bit of time there, just explore storytelling and and what kind of role that played in the evolution of your role and data driven journey over at Condé Nast. So. Um, First of all, you mentioned uh, multiple times now that the effort put into understanding people, making them heard, and also through that, really developing a genuine knowledge about what these people care about, connecting to them, getting down to their level is absolutely crucial. Now, at the same time, you are on a mission, right? So you do want to achieve a certain vision in the company. So once you understood those people, and that's maybe like the more passive element of storytelling, now you need to go out and actually change how they view the world and how they act on a day-to-day basis in their, in their yeah. job. Stories are, can be immensely powerful in that if you know what you're doing. Um, so first of all, what kind of stories were you telling? When you mentioned success stories a few times, are you uh, talking about internal stories at Condé Nast, about something that you've done for a stakeholder? Are you talking about maybe some abstractions about data, explaining some trends, uh, maybe getting some examples from outside of the business? So what kind of stories were you telling with? Yeah, I think storytelling is is quite an um, important aspect of it. And it involves in, in multiple aspects of, of data and, and the way you convert um, into it. The, the stories that we were uh, and I was telling to, at, at Condé Nast was um, multiple um, uh, phases. Uh, say there are multiple elements of it. One is around uh, what is the... Um, how is the business performing and and, and how what what, uh, what are the drivers for success uh, what are the uh, what are the challenges that we have and creating an element of of uh, of storytelling there is quite important and and not just let the numbers dictate and and, and let people interpret the, the numbers in their own way that was something quite important so the messaging and the story around what's happening why it's happening um and what you should be what you should be doing and thinking was important um so that is one aspect of storytelling the other aspect of storytelling is uh, the, the just the market landscape and the competitor l- landscape as well in our world it involves a lot of digital data so there is uh, consumer behavior uh, d- data there is uh, data around uh, social media uh, and uh, and consumer behavior and interaction with with them and we have we interacted with multiple social media platforms platforms um, like Instagram, Facebook, uh, WeChat in, in China and so on. So storytelling around what's happening outside, what does consumer think and, and what are the opportunities for us as a business 
um, uh, with this changing behavior and the landscape of, of this market? How is the consumer moving from one platform to another? How engagement on one platform is going higher and how we should be thinking about a platform was quite important. So storytelling encompasses multiple elements. One is the around, uh, if I summarize it, is on the performance optimization side of things on how business is performing, what we should be doing. So all elements of uh, performance uh, optimization, storytelling around customers on how, what do we know about our customer? Who's our customer? Uh, how can we, uh, w- w- what do they like, dislike? And the, the third element is the opportunities, is what opportunities we have in the market and how the market landscape is chilling. So to, all, all the storytelling helped uh, create a better data literacy and even understanding the data better and, and even curiosity to know uh, what exactly is the data telling, where can I see this data uh, and so on. Hmm. So you mentioned actually telling these stories about what's happening in the market and the opportunities for businesses. Now, whenever we talk about opportunities, risks come part and parcel, right? Yeah. So when you are trying to get that buy-in from the senior stakeholders, actually, actually change their behavior, change their mind and through that their actions and what they want to invest in. Um, what is your preference? Do you like to talk about the opportunities and make that desire pull them forward? Or do you like to at least touch on the risks to have some of that concern chase them towards uh, the, 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 the right investments? Yeah, I think it's it's mix of both. And it's, again, it depends on uh, the stakeholder to stakeholder and what, what is the objective of that storytelling. So if it's something critical for the business and, and that risk will affect uh, the core of the business, obviously that will uh, is something I'll prioritize and, and focus on, on those things. But if it's something else, then uh, it will all, uh, I'll let the, uh, the opportunity dictate what exactly is the message and what uh, story should I be and how should I be narrating. Um, I uh, w- would let uh, the data sh- uh, talk what, what exactly are the opportunities and risk within that. So uh, for me, it's, it's, case by case basis and, and depending on what the outcome and, and project I'm, I'm aiming for. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned narratives when, when you're narrating something. So of course you guys are the, in the data world, uh, also in the company, you are the purveyors of truth. So you are the people who actually have the black and white real data and information about what's actually going on. Now, that's super important. At the same time, human beings do process stories in a particular way. So how do you calibrate it on your end when you're trying to convey a story? How important do you think the technical and statistical depth and accuracy of that story? And how important is maybe the more hot cognitive elements about people, uh, uh, relationships, uh, business impact, how do you find that golden mean? Yeah, I think both are important, uh, but you have to get the narrative right as well. Um, and it starts with the audiences. Who, who's your audience and who, who are you telling the story? If it's within the analytics data uh, or say highly literate people within data and analytics, then I think you can go down at a level where statistics um, can uh, t- take over more than, than uh, other aspects and the software aspects of of business processes and people and so on. Uh, but if it's more for a senior stakeholder and, and more general business uh, point of view, I think the, uh, and I would say that is mo- most uh, cases, the story would, would start with that. Then I, I, I think it's, it's about people processes and making sure that you get uh, um, the narrative as simple as possible, add an element of uh, the technical uh, bits of it to support on what 
type of technical analysis is involved or tools and methods that were used, but that is just at a high level um, uh, uh, from a storytelling point of view. If we, we don't go into that detail from for any business stakeholder. So um, I think from the way I see these things are, are their tools, uh, uh, their methods and outcomes. I think you, I focus on the outcomes um, that is the narrating the story, get the message on what exactly the, uh, we need to say, what does that mean on an impact for the business, and then worry about tools and technologies as a supporting element for, for people who are still curious and want to know what exactly had went on. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting to me because now you've been working mainly on the fundamentals and the foundations, right? And this is the way that a data leader can earn working on the more exciting stuff. What are some of the trends and technologies that uh, you're most excited about right now in 2022, both in the context of Condé Nast, but also maybe just in the wider market? Yeah, I think that there are multiple trends I'm quite um, excited about. Obviously, machine learning, AI, I know cliche, uh, a lot of people um, uh, talks uh, and it's very popular within uh, the data and the general industry. I think uh, operationalizing those elements more uh, within the, um, every element of, of the data processes is something that I'm quite excited about right now. Uh, it's been used in places uh, around developing products, uh, data, but even the basic elements of, of data cleaning and, and other elements of, of day-to-day work in, in small, small task level, I think those uh, things that can be uh, used and leveraged more. So I'm quite excited about potential from small processes to bigger impact with, with, with the use of ML and AI uh, within an industry. So th- that's something I'm quite indis- excited to see how it uh, shapes. Obviously, with that comes in the, uh, the, uh, the governance and the data privacy side of things. I am quite uh, keen and very, as a business, we are very focused on looking at that um, that element and making sure that whatever we are doing is within um, uh, the, the regulation space uh, possible. And, and also in a, a, from a data management point of view is something that we can manage and achieve. So that's something I'm quite keen and, uh, and excited about is taking, making sure that um, the a business understands and uh, of what the, the uh, what these regulations are and how all this impacts in terms of their day to day. And we, we try and make sure that um, we take uh, the privacy as a, a central piece um, and, um, of, of our um, uh, data ethos as well. So that, that's something I'm, uh, those two are the two things that I'm quite excited about from a, a 2022 point of view. Hmm. And do you think that uh, from the perspective of aligning stakeholders, um, changing that perspective and kind of nudging them in the right direction. Uh, will that be different with these new technologies? Because let's say when you build the foundations, you have a lot of other use cases from other companies. It's like more quote unquote common sense stuff, but we need to get our data in shape. You know, we're not leveraging any value from the data. And I went, when you already have that done and you're venturing into the more experimental side of technology, do you think that changes what your attitude should be and how can you leverage your already existing successes that you put the effort in, in order to earn working with these um, more exciting technologies? Yeah, I think in this newer technology, there'll be, uh, from my point of view, there'll be a slight change in how we approach things. Obviously, the existing relationships that we have and the trust that we have built based on the work that we, uh, we have done in the past will help uh, translate um, and uh, and get that buy-in. Uh, however, even this uh, newer uh, data models and technologies and the AI uh, that we have, uh, it's still, uh, there's an element of 
understanding how uh, decisions and the outputs are made out of these models, what biases are used uh, as a data practitioner is important to understand that properly and to be able to translate that to the business in the most simplistic uh, format as well. And I think that is still an evolving space um, within the industry. It requires a a lot more effort to to be able to translate in that way. So that is an element is something that I'm quite keen to to ensure that we be able to do it successfully in how uh, uh, decisions are made uh, when uh, it's not an analyst making those decisions. It's, It's a model making those decisions and how we are taking care of all the elements of biases and, and explaining to stakeholder on the uh, on the possibilities or, or risk within that. Mm. So my last question would be uh, that, you know, re- regardless of what you're working on, whether it's the more, more fundamental stuff or the more advanced technologies, the common thread is that you still need to uh, take that leadership position and make things happen in the business. Now, that's a very human thing, leadership itself. Um, as a data leader, what do you think are the most important elements of successful leadership in the data analytics space? So if you could maybe mention a few of the key virtues of a data leader and maybe the right posture, do you need to be more assertive? Is it more about just, you know, focusing on uh, serving people the best way, maybe integrating these different sides of leadership? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it, it, Data leadership and how manage uh, how a data leadership should behave and 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 think I think it's a very subjective thing but I'll, I'll share my own uh, two, two cents on on it on on what I feel on on this topic I think uh, personally for me um, bridging the gap between business and technical elements is something that the data leaders uh, from a functional point of view is quite important um, to to be able to translate and and uh, create a vision for your team um, on what this business needs to achieve and what do we as a data and analytics team needs to achieve um, um, and provide that clarity to the team is something that's fundamental for uh, for a data leadership role um, post that it involves working closely uh, and collaborating with your team members. I think data leaders um, have um, to work. Cl- uh, uh, there's an immense aspect of team collaboration uh, th- that that uh, involves within the, the, the data leadership role. And uh, especially in this field, you need to understand uh, people's uh, uh, aspirations and, 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 uh, and, and, uh, uh, focus on what they need to achieve in the in their career uh, as well so there's an element of of from vision to to, to people management uh, that you need to bridge um, uh, that that uh, that gap with creating a processes and and, and infrastructure in place that support uh, that creates an environment where people can learn and also you can achieve your vision so em- embarking in your journey of, of data and doing the things which the, the business needs is a, is a functional element, but it's also what your people and, and your team around needs uh, is something that you, you need to do. It involves a, a lot of element around uh, creating the right structure, prioritization, uh, f- focusing on um, uh, collaboration more, being more a, a leader which has strategic and tactical element involved. It requires a, a lot of things uh, in there, but uh, on the heart of it, uh, what I'm trying to say is you need to, f- to focus on both because you, as a leader, you're nothing without your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're not be able to do uh, to to do or or create that great outputs without your team. So focus on uh, the team more, and I think that's with with this attrition and great res- resignation and, and and the era of of that. I think that element is is equally important uh, as well as the the business side of it, you know, creating a vision and, and a goal for the business and a strategy for the team. 
Sid, fantastic. Well, I think this is a great note to finish on. And this has been a fascinating interview. I think we managed to go quite in depth into the storytelling element. So I, I really enjoyed it. As a final word of advice, uh, what would you recommend to aspiring data leaders in this in the beginning of this new decade, which can be the decade of data, really? You know, we, we, we've all heard the, 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 the buzzwords about data becoming the new oil. So what would you uh, recommend to aspiring data leaders to focus on maybe one or two things? Yeah, I think the one or two things, technical skills are important. I think that will help you uh, get into data, but uh, post-technical um, skills of the people, uh, the business uh, elements um, of the skills are quite important that are not well documented. Uh, there are not that many training courses out there to, to tackle all that. And that comes with experience and working with different processes and, and tools and, um, and, and teams as well. So I would say focus on uh, those skills and, and get as much uh, exposure to different types and varieties of, of projects and businesses as well. Understanding how data is utilized in various industries and how it can solve problems from a car manufacturer to an online retailer um, is something is very, very powerful. So either find your niche in, in that space or uh, focus on, on things um, that uh, excite you. Me personally, it excites on both the business and the technical elements um, of it. So um, going through all that, and, and I would su- su- suggest uh, getting experience in multiple businesses and understanding uh, the, the, the data infrastructure and how it's utilized is something that I would recommend anyone who's aspiring to be a leader. Amazing. Well, Sid, thank you very much for your insights. I already know that our community will love a lot of this. So uh, we will publish some of it on our LinkedIn page, also on Apple Podcasts. And well, we hope to see you on the show some other time. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for your time. And it was lovely chatting with you. (music) 